Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rejoice Pompano Bible Study. We're here and Periscope is on and we'll see how many people will get there. And I know we've got visitors here tonight and we're thrilled to have them come in. And we're going to have an awesome night with music. And my teaching is, I'm going to tell you already what it is so you can just start thinking and praying about it. Choose to be full of God's love. Choose to be full of God's love. You got a choice. You know, we can walk in anger, bitterness, and hatred, or we can walk in love. So I hope you get uh, your paper, your pencils tonight, because I am doing a big Bible study on this. So we're going to be flipping through the Bible, because God's Word is going to be powerful to touch you guys' hearts and lives. I'm going to open up with Psalm 118, if you have a Bible, or if you want to open up your phone, your Bible on the phone, and it's Psalm 118, verses 1 to 6. And we're just going to be talking about God's amazing, unconditional love. We've got to be, you and I must walk in love. You and I must live in love. We need to strive to ooze love out to whoever we see. We need to radiate God's love because God's love is amazing. So Psalm 118, now that you've had time to find it, it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered by setting me free. He answered by setting my spouse free. How's that? The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And what can man do to me? When the Lord is on your side, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And that is what we want you to get that so in embedded into your heart, into your mind, that you can radiate the love of God, the love of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit each and every day, wherever you are, whatever you do, and then God gets the glory. God gets the glory. So let's open up with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for who you're going to be bringing in in the next few minutes, and Lord, we just ask that you would tell all the people on Periscope to tune, have other friends and family members tune in. And Lord, we're going to praise you tonight because you are awesome and your unfailing love, your amazing love, your unconditional love is what we need to be able to do all that we need to do. We need to become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like he was a servant, 
You want us to be a servant and to help others and to pray for others and to stand in the gap for our husbands and our wives and our children. So, Lord, we are just praising you and thanking you for tonight. And there's been many prayers prayed for tonight. Now, Lord, we ask that you will just open everybody's spiritual eyes and ears and heart be able to till up that ground in their heart and heart. Maybe that we have a heart and heart. But Lord, we just want you to speak to us tonight. Lord, I pray you will speak to every person that's sitting in this chairs, every person that's on Periscope. Father God, I pray that tonight they can write back tomorrow an email and say, the Lord ministered to me tonight through your message and through the music. And Lord, that's what we're here for. We're to increase your faith, hope, and trust in the Lord like never before. Because he is going to do the miracles in your heart, in your life, in your family, and marriage. And we'll just give you the, all the praise and the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing Good, Good Father, which is a newer song. And then we're going to sing another newer song, Never Once. So you're going to learn two new songs tonight. And then Lori's going to come talk to us. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I've heard the tender
struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, never once did we ever walk alone. Carried by your constant grace, held within your perfect peace. been faithful yes yes I don't know you guys aren't very convincing (laughs) I know we're missing a lot of people because of the weather and it's February which seems like a super busy time of year for everybody but we can still be excited that he has been faithful and never once has he left you even in the storms even in the valleys even in the dark days he has not left he is still on the throne well welcome to rejoice pompano i'm lori and we are glad you are here um i just want to go over a couple announcements for you guys there's a yellow prayer sheet in front of you so if you have a prayer request or any information that you want to get to us if you can just fill that out and there's a basket on the bookstore table Um, The items on the bookstore table, by the way, are $5 at Bible study. So if you are missing a CD or a book or anything, they're a little less expensive here at Bible study um, for you guys. And um, if there's anything that you just need to write us a note about, you can use that yellow sheet to do that as well. Um, If this is your first time at Rejoice Pompano, we want to welcome you. And at the end of the night, we are going to give you some refreshments because we just think we should fatten you up. Um, But if you would take a couple minutes and before you have your refreshments or grab your refreshments real quick and then meet me at the round table right there. And I just want to explain a couple things to you all, make sure that you're plugged in everywhere you should be plugged in. Um, So if you just do that, it'll just take a couple of minutes. Um, I also want to welcome our out-of-town guest. We have two from Canada that wanted to warm up. (laughs) And is there anybody else from out of town that I'm missing? Where are you from? Sarasota. Sarasota. Okay, great to have you. And that's it, I think, for out of town. So the Canadians are going back tomorrow. We had enough rain for them, so they're done. (laughs) They're done. Sorry about the weather. (laughs) No snow, yeah, I guess. Something fell from the sky when you got here. (laughs) Um, I also want to find out who has a birthday or anniversary in the month of February. So raise your hand if you have a birthday. Okay, we're going to start right up front here. My birthday and my anniversary. Okay. Uh, My birthday is February 8th, and my anniversary is February 25th. 
Great. Happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, anybody else on this side have, okay, in the back? Happy birthday. Any, this side's done. Okay, this side. Birthday or birthday. Happy birthday. Okay, Phil. February 1st. Happy birthday. Mario. January 3rd, happy anniversary. Okay, anybody else? On, oh, yep. February 5th anniversary. Happy anniversary. And way in the back, Beatrice. How many years? 20 years and two days. Happy anniversary. And Beverly? What date? February 19th. A lot of February. How many years for you, Beverly? Two too. Okay, a lot of a lot of people get married in February, right? <laughs> Twenty. Yep, all in the twenties. Well, happy anniversary. Yeah, that was too expensive to get married on the fourteenth. <laughs> happy anniversary. Happy birthday. Our gift to you, those of you that have an anniversary or birthday, is a free bookstore item. So at the end of the night, you can stop back there and grab a CD or a book that. Um, would interest you. I also want to tell um, our local friends that on the front table there was an invitation to a Sweet Life dessert comedy. So Valentine's Day is coming up, we know, and sometimes that can be kind of a doldrum weekend. So Saturday night, February 13th, it's actually my church that is hosting it. Um, there's a comedian coming in and a dessert fellowship, and so what better thing to do than laugh and have some joy in the Lord. So if you would like to come, um, grab one of these postcards, and there's information on how you can get your tickets. But I will be there, and my mom will be there, and um, we would love to have you join us and get some laugh. And if nothing else, you can laugh at us laughing because we cackle. Um, yeah, we do. It's not good. <laughs> it's genetic, I tell my friends. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> um, I also want to let you guys know something super exciting. How many of you listen to Stop Divorce Radio? Okay, now listen. It's changing, but it's really good what is happening. Has anybody realized what happened today? Okay, Stop Divorce Radio, the way we have used it in the past, has gone now. But if you go to our website online, we now have something called Fight for Your Marriage Podcast. And instead of the material being delivered to you and you have no control over what you're listening to, you can go through and pick what you want to listen to. So we are finishing the tweaks on the page, so you will see it changes over the next like two or three days. Um, but right now there's things loaded. You can listen to them. So go scroll through and pick whatever's going to, you know, appeal to you that day. So it's online on the website, listen online, fight for your marriage podcast. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of options to listen to on there. So that'll be very exciting. Um, I also wanted to let you know one more thing. I feel like I had one more thing, but maybe I don't. I think I did it all. Well, we're going to take a couple minutes, and we are going to um, see if anybody has a testimony that they would want to share, just something that God has been teaching you over the past month since we were together, or something that you saw his hand of protection on you on, um, anything like that. So does anybody have anything just real briefly they want to share? You don't have to be up here long. And Oh, yeah, Cheryl's pointing to me. 
I, I, will, I will go first. God did protect me um, last uh, Wednesday, I guess it was, when the tornado came through Coconut Creek. I was in it. <laughs> I was driving home from Office Depot because my keyboard stopped working that morning, and so I had to go out in the monsoon to get a new one, and it, traffic was bad, and so I decided just to hop on and go one exit on the turnpike, and as I was on the exit ramp, the tornado went right over me. And so after I got done having a panic attack, <laughs> um, I don't work well under pressure, apparently, I've discovered, but um, it was God protected me. I kind of knew it was coming because my phone alerted like 30 seconds before, and as I was sitting stopped, like at a complete stop on the turnpike, I even FaceTimed my husband and said, oh, I'm in another parking lot, and look how strange the sky looks. Can you see it? And he said, no. And so then, you know, by the time I got home, I was like shaking for the next five hours. But anyhow, God did protect me. He, I didn't know what to do because I, I just didn't know. You pay attention to those tornado warnings is my, the moral of my story. Living in Florida all my life, I have to say that I always just thought that doesn't happen. We get hurricanes, but we do get tornadoes. So anyhow, and my mom had said, we prayed for you guys the uh, night before, no, two nights before at the prayer meeting that they had had at their house. They prayed for the kids of the Stein camp. So anyhow, I needed it. Is there anybody else that wants to um, come share? Okay, Phil, if you just will come up here so we can um, save time waiting. Does anybody else want to come and line up? And those of you that are like, mm, maybe, stand up and just do it. I'm not going to say too much but you know one one thing I just want to share because sometimes you know we just need a story that's real and that's happened and for me about two weeks ago I was in the middle of my job and you know many of us you know we're dealing with financial struggles and uh, what happened to me is I'm driving along on 95 and uh, going a little past I think it was exit 45 42 suddenly I keep seeing this smoke coming right out of my car and I'm like wait a minute is that mine and suddenly my car starts going out of control. And I'm like thinking, man, this is not good. You know, here you're at 50, 60 miles an hour. And I'm like praying in this prayer. It's like, God, I me to get over. And God, in his gracious mercy, and the angels brought me all the way over to the side of uh, the road. And what I want to share with you is that, you know, sometimes, you know, we think we're at our lowest point, And there was a temptation at that moment to say, well, what am I going to do? I'm not, you know, I don't have money. I don't know what, you know, how am I going to fix my car? All those things that immediately come. And, you know, I just push that away and say, God, I thank you in this situation. And, and as I did that, God brought another friend over. God gave me the wisdom because I happened to have some antifreeze coolant. And I poured it in after the car cooled down. I just sat there, stayed calm. And then I was able to drive off to the exit. But still, that issue wasn't there. And I had to fight. You know, sometimes, you know, when you're going through a struggle, you have to fight. And that night, you know, I had to keep pouring the antifreeze in and driving all the way up, you know, off of 441 all the way back or down State Road 7 all the way down to um, Hollywood. And, you know, but I had to praise and keep thanking God and doing that every couple of miles. But to make a long story short, God gave me the grace at the end of the day to find a part through online and a friend put it on for no charge. And then as a result of that story, see, sometimes we think our troubles and our struggles are about ourselves and it's not. And God used my wife at the end of the day, as strange as she was for me to minister to me, to provide finances, to rent a car. And it touched her heart. So sometimes, you know, we, we're thinking it's about us and our struggle, and God is opening the heart of even our spouse and doing things we don't even see or understand. So I'm just letting you know, I want you to keep in mind that his ways are not our ways. 
and just remember that he will provide and meet your needs even in the little things. And, uh, you know, my car is running well now. So, you know, I trust God and I realize that, look, everything, the good and bad that you've gone through is a result of his hand and just realize that he's even in the midst of what appears to be bad. So thank you. Thank you. Thank and praise the Lord for allowing me to be here tonight. Um, testimony tonight is uh, I went to mediation. Um, me and uh, my ex-wife um, went to mediation, and it just seemed like everybody was against me. My lawyer, just it was very bizarre, but I hung in there, and the night, the day before, it was a little bit before, I had three, two pastors and another man of God, another deacon. They all prayed for this whole situation and prayed for favor in the courts. And at first, like, she didn't want me to see the children at all. And, like, God just broke in. And she just agreed. She agreed to, um, th in three months, I'll have visitation with them at my church, Calvary Chapel, at my ch with the children. So I can be, I'll be a, a part of their life now. That's a blessing. And then, and then also, um, I bought one of those books uh, that they've got, um, the devotion, daily devotion. And I've been reading five chapters a day since the new January. I'm reading five chapters a day. It was hard at first, and then it started getting easier. And I'm just like so excited because like I finally got the discipline. Like I'm gonna, you know, just instead of being all over the place, I got like a discipline. Every day I'm gonna read, you know, reading the word. And they said it takes 90, 90 days to form a habit. So I'm just just praying to stick stick with that habit. It's so good to just, you know. Read the word, and, because that's what I need for my mind and for, yep. So, thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Deanne. God is good um, all the time. We had a flood in my house on December 30th, which was my birthday. I was at work, and my daughter was in town from out of state. Um, she called me when I was leaving work about 12.30 and said, Mom, have you ever had a problem with your washing machine before? And I said, no, why? Well, I just stepped off of the stairs and the first floor is totally flooded. I'm like, oh my goodness. So God is so awesome because my daughter was in from town. If she wouldn't have been there, I wasn't there. My son is normally at work. So she was there. She discovered it. They were able to turn the water off from outside. The hot water heater, we discovered, blew underneath the staircase. I'm in a two-story townhouse. And my son happened to be off from work that day, so she got him up. They started throwing the towels down and trying to soak everything up. I got home within a half an hour, and then my husband was coming into town. Um, we're still a work in progress. We're not remarried yet. But he was coming into town, so he, was, he got there. We all were there. The four of us were there within an hour of each other. And we were able to just start the, the, the drying up and getting the fans, going to Home Depot, going through the whole process. I wasn't even going to make a claim to the insurance company. I've never done that. I figure, oh, my deductible's high. It won't do any good. But I, we went to dinner. After six hours of working on the house, um, my family's like, you need to call and make a claim. So the next day I called and I made a claim to the insurance company. They came out the following week, and we had taken pictures of everything as we were doing it. And uh, God just gave me favor with the insurance adjuster. And he called me three days later and said, okay, I this and this and this. And this is the estimated damages were like 11000 which I didn't think it was that much. And so with minus my deductible, I got a very nice check 
praise God. And God, like you said, God shows uh, to our spouses. My husband, he got tears in his eyes when I told him what, what the adjuster called and told me, and he was like, wow. We knew that was God's favor. We had been talking about replacing the flooring in the living room and replacing the vanity and doing some work on the house, and I needed work done on my car. And through getting this check, we were we were able to do all of that and more. I was able to help my daughter with her property taxes where she lives and, and work the work on my car, like everything. God just gave me above and beyond what I could ever think, ask, or imagine. And it was such a glorious testimony to our God's faithfulness. Praise God. I have mentioned before up here about testimonies, like reading the Saturday testimonies or the Thursday um, lunch break testimonies when they come out. Sometimes I know that people feel like, oh, that's discouraging, that's not me, and I'm going to just skip over it. But um, today I was actually writing a devotional about noticing goodness around you. And you know what? Even when you're in like the darkest pit, you can notice goodness. Somebody sent an email today and it was just kind of their bitterness speaking. I don't believe they actually meant this, but they said, don't publish testimonies of just things that are happening along the way. You should just push, put testimonies out once they've been restored, which we would miss so many opportunities. So even when you're you know, in the darkest day on day one, or maybe you're on day you know, 2,900 or whatever, you're, wherever you are, like on the darkest day, you can still see the goodness around you and still see God's hand and the things, like even with these three testimonies of the way he has, he's provided for you and he's been faithful. And don't just wait for like the giant finish line. Notice the goodness all along the path because you're going to miss out if you're just waiting for that big, you know, finale. You're going to miss the, the journey along the way of what God's doing. So anyhow, thank you for sharing um, the three of you. I appreciate it. And we're going to stand up now and, and sing another song. So join us in singing. Shame when he came for me. 
Love the way Jesus loves. Are you loving your spouse the way Jesus loves them right now? That's the question. And you know, when I saw that video, and I saw all those words, and I saw the, the, the wedding uh, vows that we take, and I think, oh, when we stand there to get married, when we were, had our wedding day that we talked about tonight, and how many years you've been married, we know that day that it was for life. We never ever even thought that we would ever get divorced. At least I didn't. And that is what I want you to think. That when you had a church wedding or a wedding at the beach or a wedding at, the, um, at a hotel, it does not matter. It matters that you made those wedding vows in front of God asking to bless your marriage. And what scriptures did you use? What pastor or priest or whomever made your wedding vows and made your wedding so special? It could have been a, an elopement. It didn't matter. You loved each other so much that you got married. And this is February. 2016, and I want you to have your first Valentine's gift from us. And I thought, and no, and the Periscope people, you can't see it, but I'm going to go get one. But here are our little our little gifts to all the people: uh, a little box of heart candy and chocolates. Russell Stouffer's, in fact. So we, we want you to know that if I could get it to you, I'd throw it to you. But I can't, so we won't do that. Just give us a bunch of hearts. But this is a heart representing your love, that our love for you. And I can't send you candy or bring you candy on February 14th, I can't bring you roses or bring you a card, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he says, I'm right here. And I want your husband or wife to come home just as badly and just as much as you do for the sake of your children and in many other things. But we are saying we got to put Jesus and the love of Jesus into you and into your life, into your family's life, in your children's lives. You must radiate the love of Jesus all the time. You know, we do not know. We do not know. Like Lori, what she had happened to her, like the ones that had uh, his car break down. You do not know what the next hour brings. But we need to be prepared to meet the Lord whenever. But we also need to prepare that we answer and react as Jesus would. 
We need to answer and react when somebody pushes your buttons at work or a bad a customer that comes in and is yelling and rant and raving about different things. Are you going to yell back and rant and rave? Are you going to react as Jesus would? Who, when you stand at the end of the day or lay down at the end of the day, and you start to think, and God start, you start praying, or however you end your day with the Lord. What if he says, you know what? You didn't handle a couple of things good today. And you oversaid, and you overdid, or whatever. And I want us to be ready for your husband or wife, or your rebellious teenagers or children that are coming and going, I want you to be ready at any time, any day. Because we have got to have the love of Jesus in our hearts. We must have the love of Jesus in our hearts. And I heard some, I have good news and I have some bad news. A good prayer request. But if anybody's been on our chapel page for a while, my sister-in-law, Bob's sister, um, uh, family came down for, they lost a, a, a child in his 30s due to uh, diabetes and uh, just died of diabetes. That's it. And uh, so then her, um, Bob's brother-in-law, um, who is this family that was down when we were up there for the funeral, their daughter um, was a prodigal. And she disappeared for months and we've had her on the chapel page, and we've been praying for God to just bring her back home. She was a believer. She was raised in a Christian home. And uh, I've just been praying for God to, to just supernaturally bring this rebellious child, wherever she's at, whatever she's done, it doesn't matter. And uh, by the grace of God, on Saturday, uh, my sister-in-law brought, uh, called me and left a message because I was gone. And she said, she's alive, she's in jail, and they found her. And I thought, a prodigal is found. And that is what you and I are praying for all the time. A prodigal is found. It doesn't matter where they at or what they're doing. It means that we know where they are and we can pray for them and, and get help for them. Is that right? Will you stand by your husband or wife or your child for anything? See, I will. And I've had to. And I want you to know that is what I'm asking you. I know the Lord is asking us to love our family unconditionally. And then I want to lift up my daughter-in-law's mom. And that her name is Doreen. And she's been on the chapel page. And um, she is very sick in ICU and has been there for almost two weeks now. And we just need a miracle healing of her lungs and other parts of her body. But right now her kidneys are not working well. So uh, we are really praying for God to intervene. And, uh, but, but the greatest news is last Saturday night after I was at a revival, I, uh, the Lord spoke to me really clear. And I was able to share the gospel. He said, go back to the hospital. And this is at 1030 at night. And I said, I'm going to get an ICU. And, and so I called uh, one of the daughters and, uh, that's in charge of everything, and I, she's out of town, and I said, I believe God told me to, um, to go and see your mom tonight and share the gospel. 
and uh, they were going to put her on, uh, possibly on a ventilator the next... No, we didn't know that. So anyway, she said, okay, that's great, because I've been in the backyard crying, praying for her salvation, so you're an answer to my prayer. So I picked up one of her extended family members, and I cannot tell you how everything just played in so perfectly. But the guard at the uh, hospital says... I said, I come here every day, and here I am, and... I, I wanted to say God told me to come, but I didn't have enough nerve to do that. I just said I really felt like I needed to come back. I thought he might put me in the hospital on the next floor, so I didn't, wasn't as bold as I probably should have been, but I thought I better watch what I say. So anyway, and the other girl didn't even need to get her driver's license, and we got to go up, and uh, she could squeeze our hands, but she couldn't talk. And she was in and out, hasn't been able to, she's been really, really sick, and in and out, not being able to talk or do anything. And that night, the Lord had her awake enough that she squeezed her hands, both of our hands, and I had the Bible, and I just went flipping through the whole gospel that she knew what she was saying. And there was no doubt that she knows that she was a sinner, and that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, and I got to do the whole thing and I said now do you want to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life and know that you know that anytime whenever you die you're going to have eternal life and go to heaven and she squeezed our hand my hand yes and I go hallelujah so we you know so then I made her do it to the other to the other girl and everything and it was just the most exciting exhilarating you know, I don't need to drink. I don't need to do anything. Just get these prodigals and spouses and brothers and sisters that don't know the Lord. Is that your burden? That's been my burden. I've been praying for Doreen since my Tom was five years old. And we've known each other for 30 years. And, and to see her accept the Lord. Do you have a passion? Do you have a burden for your family and friends that don't know the Lord? That's what we need. Jesus wants us to be burdened about not just your husband or wife or child. He wants us to be burdened about your best friend who you go golfing with. He wants you to be burdened about the best friend that you play basketball with or you go to the movies with. He wants you to be burdened about all the souls that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that night, not knowing, I had met this long, out, distant relative, and I did not see her, and she and I knew each other 30 years ago, and I had not seen her. So then she said to uh, Doreen, she says, you know, I just know you need peace in this IC room, ICU room, and we want you to know Jesus is right with you all the time, which I kept telling Doreen that. And so she started singing with this glorious voice, and I'm going, I don't have that at all. And uh, so she started singing this song about peace in the midst of the storm, and then uh, she sang, uh, now i got to think of the right ones. Um, I just went blank on the second song. But it's about God's faithfulness. And then the second, uh, third song, I said, you got to do Amazing Grace. 
And then, you know, me, since I could, it's already there, I thought it could stay forever. And I wanted, okay, could, we, let's, could I have one more? Could we have victory in Jesus? And that is what we did. And we left there at 11.15 at night, last Saturday night, knowing that no matter when she dies or when she, and I told her, I'm planning on going to her uh, townhouse. It happens to be at the beach. And I'm coming up for Bible study from now on as soon as she gets better. And, but I just said, we're going to have, you're going to learn so much that I want to share with you. But become burdened. Become burdened about your husband or wife. Become burdened that the Lord will speak to you and you go and do what I did because then my, my brother, who doesn't know the Lord, then somebody will send somebody to my family members, my extended family members who don't know the Lord, and they're going to be able to share to them. Do you get how it passes on in multiplication? That's what we need to do. You need to pray for the Lord to send somebody that loves your husband or wife or rebellious child that is not living a Christ-like life to go and to be able to share and love the first time, second time, third time, whoever many. Who is your husband's or wife's best friend? Well, if they're not the godly ones, remove them, Father, and bring in them to have Christ-like, godly people. Bring them into their employment and that they get burdened about them. They're, you're going to use, God will use other people if we will be used. Are you willing to be used? Are you serving the Lord? Are you uh, hungering and thirst for the word of God? What Mario said was so important because that was our calendar that we were, uh, that we have all the time. Every year, the beginning of the year, we have the calendar to read the Bible um, more than once uh, in, in a year. But it's, you can read the Old Testament once, New Testament twice, Proverbs every month, and the Psalms twice. Now, I'm just going to start and say, okay, we all made New Year's resolutions or goals or desires. We all made them. How are you doing? Okay, you, you're doing as good as I am. Okay, I, I understand that. I, I, I'm going to get an F on uh, January. Maybe not an F. No, no, I can't give an F. Maybe a D minus. Maybe a D. But anyway, I had all these goals. I, have, I had it in the kitchen actually yesterday when I'm writing all these notes and everything. And I went through the list that I had written what I was going to be doing in January. And I said, well, what happened to January? That went month really flew by. Flew by so fast that I didn't get to do these, all these things. And I go, Lord... So I had to repent since I'm coming in here tonight. And, uh, and I said, Lord, Lord, okay, can we start February 1st as a new month? And it's only number two in the, the 12 of a year. So, Lord, I'm going to start over. I've got this whole list that I had started. So one of them is that we may need to make a commitment to reading the Word of God. 
There is nothing more important that you can do every day is read the Word of God before our devotionals or right after our devotionals. I mean, you need to read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is not going to be able to speak to you, direct you, and, and speak to you about your husband or wife or children or to you to give you hope and encouragement if you don't read his word because his word is why he is a love letter to his children. So we want you to know that I, I, my burden is not just for me to read the Bible through this year or two years. I gave myself two years because uh, I've, I've gotten two new Bibles and uh, one was a, a spiritual battle, a warfare Bible. And I talked and wrote about it last year. And I was going to read the whole thing. And, uh, well, I didn't. And I have to confess that to you. And then I got the one with Elmer Towns. And I've read about and talked about that, where it has prayers in it. Now, do I read them every day? Or do I touch them every day? Yes, I do. But not enough to read it in a year. Okay, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you who are so smart and so disciplined how many of you have read the Bible in one year because I don't want you to get credit. But, um, but if you have read the Bible in a year, we'll applaud you tonight. If you want to raise your hand and have you all read, anybody's read. Brian's not here, is he? Because I think Brian reads the Bible. Who's read the Bible in one year this last year? One, two... Is that it? Beatrice, did you? Oh, praise the Lord. She really pushed me down. Okay, see, that's what I got to get. I've got to do that. I've got to get another Bible. In fact, I think I've got it at home that I used a long time ago. Okay, how many was that? Raise you again. One, two, three, four. Four. Wow, that is great. That isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. And I'm pretty sure if Brian was here, he would, would get that also. So anyway, the, the praise is, you guys that are reading it through in a year, will you please pray for all of us? Put me at the top of the list, please. Because uh, I gave you candy tonight. But uh, I just want you to know that the Lord wants us to do things. And he wants to discipline us. And... Uh, I'm going to tell you, you and I both have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined to be ready for your spouse to come home. Do you not? Are you too comfortable without your spouse that you don't have anybody saying, here, do this, do that, this, or let's do this. And, you know, especially us women, the husband is the head of our home. And when we don't have a husband ahead of our home, we get to sort of do when we want to do, and we have, can come home when we want to come home. And we can just sort of, and I'm going to say it, I think women have the hardest time of being disciplined with, our, our, with all what we have to do, or we're so overloaded that we may not do the house like we would, and that was one of Bob's things. You know, he liked the house picked up. You know, at the end of the day, we just had everything looking good. The, the kitchen sink was, had no dirty dishes in it. It was in the dishwasher and everything. And I have got to tell you that just recently when I was so busy, especially Christmas time, I decided that, that it was only me and my dishes. 
and I didn't, and there's some that I was too lazy to put them in the dishwasher, or I like to wash some things by hand and some things I don't. And I thought, I've got sink dishes in the sink, and you know I would never do that with Bob if he was here. And the Holy Spirit said to me, do not become too undisciplined, which is what the New Year's is supposed to be all about, is get our goals and get, get us to do things that we often put off. So anyway, my confession time is now over, <laughs> but I hope it has taken you down memory lane or down Holy Spirit conviction, <coughs> excuse me, that you are willing to look at your heart and your life and say, are you ready for your spouse to walk in the house right now? Are you ready to get a phone call from your wife and say, come home, pack up, and are you ready to take that responsibility over and be ready? And I challenge you that I'm afraid from the email that we get, not everybody is ready. And there is a change when your husband comes home and your wife comes home or your um, prodigal child comes home. So I am asking you to say this year, let us be ready. Let us be ready. And, um, and I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing tonight because I know many of you are dreading February 14th because that brings back memories of how you celebrated that day special with your spouse. And you also are dreading and seeing all these red valentines and all these love things and all the advertisements of the rings and everything else. And you know what? That just stabs us. It stabs us. You're bleeding and you're thinking, oh, if I only had my husband, if I only had my wife. So right now, I wanted you to have that candy to say, here's your first gift. I know there's going to be some other person that's going to give you a gift, but this is your first gift. And then you're going to say, well, what do I do about contacting my spouse? So we're going to be talking about this, and you're going to read a devotional probably next week from Bob about the flowers I sent him in a little mug with flowers. It wasn't expensive, and some of you that have been with us have probably heard the story. But the whole thing is, is what can you do for Valentine's for your spouse? That's one of your questions I want you to start praying about. What can you do for your spouse on Valentine's Day? Doesn't have to be Valentine's Day. It can be a day before, it can be a day after. What can you do for your children? What can you do to show them you love them? Do not skip this holiday. I know it's, it's a regular earthly holiday, but for us, with God's love, I want us to radiate the love of Jesus. Now, you may not, you, you could say to me, and I know there, there's all varieties. You could say to me, but my husband's not home. My wife's married to somebody else, or they're living with somebody else, and I'm saying, ask God what you should do, because God will speak to you. You might even, I have a lot of, several people that send um, their spouses a mail to where they work. 
well, that's not a genius idea, but maybe you can do it. And then if they don't scream at you and tell you don't do it again, then you can do it this time. And then when they tell you not to do it, then you can. You're obedient. But they then may get this letter. You may write them. You may write a love letter. You may get a card. You may get a funny card. You may do anything. I don't tell you what to do. We never try to tell you what to do. But I am telling you, ask God what you should do. Because don't miss an opportunity that would be easy and simple to some way, somehow, and I know the world of texting, a lot of you are able to text your spouse sometimes. And you text. Then pray about what you want to text them. Don't, you know, may not want to be gushy. But you may want to just say, thinking of you. You know, there's cards thinking of you. And it doesn't have to be a romantic card. But you, I want you, every one of you that is listening to this around the world to think of what. Well, around the world you don't have Valentine's Day. But um, any holiday, any birthday for your family member, for your loved one, what should you do? Ask the Holy Spirit. He's the greatest one that's going to tell us what to do. I didn't have a lot of money, but I knew I wanted to send him flowers um, because I, we didn't, I couldn't send him balloons, and I, I just didn't. I don't think we even had balloons back then on as with the florist. But since I, this was, I don't want to sound like an antique, but anyway, I don't remember. But the bottom line is Bob got the flowers, and the Lord did the rest. The Lord did the rest because they arrived on a Friday about quarter to five, right when she was coming over for the weekend, coming up from down here. And guess what? He didn't have the nerve to throw my flowers away or our family's flowers because I wrote all the kids' name and, a, a, you know, the whole nine yards. And in the, in the cup that we wish I had that I didn't break, but it broke uh, in our lifetime, and it had a, a little saying on the inside of the cup, and it says, love, never, love, love is forever or whatever. Love is forever. I think that's what it said. And uh, Bob said, did you ask him to write that in there? How did you find that? I said, that was God. That was God. And uh, so anyway, he never threw the flowers out. He put him in the other bedroom, and she found them. And he took the card away, and he goes, I know who they're from. And they got into a big fight. And he said, you ruined our whole weekend. And I said, I didn't do that, but God did. But uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, you know, God can do anything. And he's on our side. And he loves us, and he wants us. So be, ask the Lord, be creative. I am not a creative person. So, you know, I'm not uh, drawing all these things and imaginations of anything. So God is, had to be really plain vanilla with me, send flowers, you know. But, you know, maybe the Lord's going to tell you something else. There is something special with you guys. So I'm saying don't run from Valentine's, but let Valentine's be special for your family. If your mom and dad are getting older, send them a card. Uh, grandparents and parents... Do all that something special. You don't have, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. So that's getting that out of the way. Um, but I want you to know that God's love is amazing. And I want you to know that 
I want you to be burdened about your spouse's soul. I want you to pray for their heart and life to be transformed and changed totally, suddenly, quickly, unexpectedly uh, by the Holy Spirit. And that's the way it's going to happen. 90% of the time. And, but we've got to earnestly pray and seek the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. So I want you to continue this month to increase your faith, your hope, and your trust in the Lord and, and also, if we pray and read the word, journal just a little bit. Now, some of us like to journal a lot, but just journal somewhere, even um, on anything that's a calendar, you can even journal, and that's something special, even a scripture that God gave you that is special, journal. But what we want to do is we want you to know that God is moving in your heart and life and what he's doing. And, um, and that you're getting excited about standing and seeing God move. And in your life, in your children's lives, we want to uh, pray now for them and for the others that we see that have a crisis or marriage problems or financial problems or whatever. So Genesis 2, I'm going to start tonight. And it says, we're asking for you to pray for the Lord to knock on your husband and her wife's heart, and because we, in Genesis 2, verse 18, I want to remind you, since it's the beginning of the new year, I'm going to remind you of some scriptures why we're standing. It says, uh, in Genesis 2, 18, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then he says, verses 20 to 25, I shall read. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord made a man from the rib, and he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Father God, we're asking that you would touch the next several minutes as we read the word and study it about choosing to be full of God's love, that we want to strive to be more like you each and every day, and that we will praise you in the storm and praise you in the darkness and praise you in the sunshine praise you in the rain, that we are going to look for the silver lining in every cloud that we may see. And we're going to thank you for the, the job that we have. We're going to thank you for the car that we have. We're going to thank you that even in, if we have water flooding our, our house and we think it's going to be disastrous, that how you turned it all around to good to help them with multiple areas of their life for God to get the glory because they're doing everything themselves. God, you bless them, and she was able to bless others. So, Lord, we are asking you to help us be more like you this year. We're asking that we will stop grumbling and complaining. We'll stop speaking of the negativity of all what our spouse is doing. But think of what good they have done. What one good thing have they done? Father God, help us to see one good thing. 
And then may you reveal other things that we can praise you for about our spouse. Lord God, I just am praying that we have a new, more passionate love for our spouses, for their salvation or their recommitment to the Lord than ever before, as this is a new year. And I believe this is a year of restoration, and we're going to have many breakthroughs as we did last year. We just give you all the glory and honor and praise. So, Lord, I just pray that you will speak to these people as we open up the word and see about you. We have to choose. We have to choose to be happy, choose to, to praise the Lord in the morning. We have to choose to turn on the music or turn on the TV or the computer and play games or do other things. We have the choice to choose what we're going to do every second of the day and night. And, Lord, I pray that you will help us all become more like you and more disciplined and show us what we are supposed to do. What Do you want to change some of those New Year's resolutions to something different? Lord, show us what you want us to do. But I pray that one on the top of the list is that we'll be more like you and fill us up with your love and fill us hunger and thirst for the word of God, that we'll be more Christ-like and walk in righteousness for the Lord to get the glory and honor in all that we do and say. And I just give you the praise and the glory for all these people that are here, and may you open their ears really wide, and, and may there be no distractions, and may they read the word, and may the rhema word just lift up off the page for them, that one person, for one scripture. Lord, we're asking you, Father God, to speak to everybody that's listening to this around the world, that, that we turn to these pages in the Bible that you're going to speak to them. A different thing than I'm even speaking because you're gonna, you love your children so much that you sent your only son to die on the cross for us to have eternal life. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. And may I say that if all of us remember that we're one flesh, as it says here, and it also says in Matthew 19, and we haven't read that this year yet, so I'm going to read it tonight. I have not read too much this year. Um, we've done devotionals, but not at our meetings, so I'm going to really plug in a bunch of scriptures for you tonight. So Matthew 19, if you've got a pad and paper in front of you, you can just write them down and look them up later, if you are one that likes to do that. Um, whatever way you want to do it. But Matthew 19 says, haven't you read in verse 4? He replied that at the beginning the creator made the male and female and said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. And that is where we're standing, and we're standing, and we can go on, and we can go and read and skip to verse 8, but it says, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, and that was me. Because my heart had become hardened by all the marriage problems that Bob and I had, but it was not this way from the beginning. And verse 9 says, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. It says it in black and white. It's, it's very clear, and it's due to our hardness of our heart. And we, um, we have an escape clause, and that's what I heard. 
when I went to counseling and when I went to, to uh, pastor's office was I heard the escape clause due to my husband's unfaithfulness. But I never sought the Lord. And I never cried out to him and prayed with him and read the word and hungered and thirst for the word. And I was a believer. A baby, but I was a believer. And I didn't seek the Lord. I had a Holy Spirit conviction. Of, I, I had no Holy Spirit conviction because I was so angry that my husband was unfaithful. I was so mad that, that it could have happened. So I know ma many of you know that. And they understand that. So I want you to understand that I've been there. But by the grace of God, and because God loves me and you, two months after the divorce, the Lord spoke to me in a huge big church service. I like going to church, have you noticed? And uh, you need to go to church. Uh, don't, don't get isolated and go to church alone and not go because you're going to be alone. I go to church alone 99% of the time unless my kids show up or somebody else shows up or I go to a different service or I go to a different church like I go to Lori's church. I'm telling you, I have to do things alone all day. You and I all both have to do things alone all day. Do we not? That's right. And we don't like it, but we got to do it. But we can ask the Lord to be with us so we're never alone. And I'm asking you to, to choose to, to not listen to the world and to the church even that you can go to divorce recovery and you can go on. I'm asking you to seek what God wants you to do and, and do that. So I'm, I'm warning you now, do, listen to the Holy Spirit's voice. If you haven't learned how to do that yet and the, just ask the Lord in Ephesians 5 it says fill me up Lord with the Holy Spirit so ask him to fill you up with the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ he is right there with you now Jeremiah 17 verses 5 to 10 I want to read that to you and we're doing a study to show you how to understand how we can pray for our spouses and how we can have compassion and what we need to do. And we're showing you, I'm, I'm like an attorney today, plotting out the pathway of what it, Jerem, all these scriptures are saying to us about marriage restoration. Now, Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. Now, I want to tell you some little history. Jeremiah is the longest book in the Bible. Psalm 119 is the longest book in Psalms, right? correct? But the longest book in the Bible is Jeremiah. And also he's known as the weeping prophet. So we want to know, and he was given an assignment. And when you read Jeremiah chapter one, he said, the Lord said, the word of God came to, to Jeremiah. He says, I formed you in the womb and I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God knows and plans and knows what he wants you to do. And that's what you need to know for you and your children and loved ones. But Jeremiah 17, verse 5 says, This is what the Lord says, Curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and who hearts turns away from the Lord. Now we're talking about the ones that do not believe or are the prodigal. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland, they will not see prosperity. 
when it comes. They will dwell in the parched lands of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. But blessed are you who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Write the word confidence down. We need to trust the Lord. We need to have confidence in the Lord that they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always going to be green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And we want to bear fruit. We want to radiate the love of Jesus Christ and radiate the fruit that God wants us to be fruitful while we're standing. Do you understand that? He's got a plan and a purpose for us each and every day for us to radiate the Lord and be fruitful while we're praying for marriage restoration. You can touch somebody and know they're having a bad day at work and you can say, I'm praying for you or I hope you have a good day. I'm praying for you. Anything. Take a donut to them and that's maybe a boss that's difficult. Take a, a donut to them in the morning. Ask God what you should do. But I'm telling you, you're to be a lighthouse. We're, we're to bear fruit. The, verse 9, here's the secret about your spouse. Right at this moment, the heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their de deeds deserve. So you know what? The Lord wants to bless you. The Lord, you know, I want you never say what's going to happen to my wife or what's going to happen to me. The Lord is going, you're going to reap many rewards in heaven. And if your spouse does not repent and turn from their wrong lifestyle, they're going to stand before God in judgment. That's what it says. We have to read the Bible to understand what it says, but we have to know that we're asking for God's mercy and grace. Remember Luke 15, as I talked to you about a prodigal coming home. When I heard this news, it, my, it came instantly to my mind of, in Luke 15, and I'm just going to flip to it. Um, I'm not going to go on the prodigal uh, son tonight. You know it. If you haven't, if you're new, you don't know it, then read it because it is where God spoke to me and my husband very strongly. But it said, the father said after the prodigal son came home, he said in verse 31, my son, you are always with me. He was talking to his second son that was there working. And he says, and they were celebrating and the son couldn't understand why they were celebrating the prodigal son came home. He says, everything I have is yours. Verse 32 is key. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead. And he's alive again. He was lost and is found. Isn't that what you want for your family? For how many people do you know? Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Now, I am pulling this up the same way you are, so... We're having, uh, it's like, and when you're in school, who can find the verse first? But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. 
I heard a pastor the other day I was listening to. He says, I miss missing all the pages ruffling across. He says, but I see you with your phone, so I pray you're going to the Bible. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4, I'm sure you're there by now. And it says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now that's the secret of what's going on. We need to pray for the veil to be lift off your spouse's eyes. Okay? 2 Timothy 2.22. Now I'm teaching a lot of this. These are scriptures we normally don't study individually. But I want you to understand your spouse. Don't be mad at them all the time because Satan has taken them captive to do his will. And see, that is what I did not understand at the beginning. As Ephesians 6 says, it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting against, but principalities and darkness. We have got to know who the enemy is. It is Satan. It is not your husband or wife. They've been taken captive. They've been blinded. They've been deceived. They're deaf and to the, and to the truth, and they cannot hear the truth. They cannot see the truth, and that is why we have to pray and stand in the gap. That is so important. 2 Timothy 2, 22 to 26 is an often awesome passage, but may I take you just to 25 and 26. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, and not be resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct and hope that God will grant them repentance. That's your spouse. Leading them to the knowledge of the truth, the truth is going to set them free. Galatians 5 says God's truth will set them free. And that they will come to their senses. Hallelujah. They've been blinded in their mind. They are not thinking right. They will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do Satan's will. His will. So I want you not, I want you this February to have a compassion and love for your spouse because the enemy has come and tricked and, and stolen your spouse. That is why we need to have compassion and to ask the Lord to give us the amazing love, the, un, the unconditional love for your spouse. Now, not every of you, all of you can say, I've got that tonight. Some of you are still very angry or the circumstances that you're facing make you push your buttons to make you angry. Well, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to please put his hand there and block you getting angry and mad and not push the button of your anger and emotions and your temper and words, okay? So we've got to do that. Ezekiel 36 um, many of you may know that scripture. That is one of the ones that I love very, very much, which I am not going to have time to read it. But it read Ezekiel 36. And Ezekiel 36 talks about that he will take that heart of stone and turn it to a heart of flesh. I'm going to... And... And it says, Ezekiel 36, read after 36, 25, read all of it. For it says, I will take you out of the nations 
I will, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse both the husband and wife and all my children from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give all of you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in your husband, your wife, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Praise the Lord. I can't expect anything better than that they would follow the laws of God. So remember... This, Ezekiel 36, is a very good scripture for you to pray. And, and it says, and Ezekiel 36, 36 says, Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed. Your marriage looks destroyed. Your house had a hurricane or a tornado. Destroy it. But it says, I have replanted what was desolate, and I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. It's a promise. The promise is from God. And that was one of the promises. I never even heard of Ezekiel almost like. I didn't even know where it was in the Bible until the Lord gathered me. Get it? Do you all have that happen to you? You know, the ones who did not read the Bible through every year. When I started standing, I, I had a lot of, uh, I, I thanked the Lord for the wisdom he gave me. And that's what we want it to do with you. We want you to grow in the Lord, to be fruitful. Psalm 51, I'm going to remind you that it's an awesome prayer for you to pray for you and your husband or wife's name in it. And remember, I'm talking about God's love. Psalm 51, verse 1 says, Have mercy on me and my husband or wife, O God, according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion. He cares about you and your husband and your wife and your children for his unfailing love and his compassion. If you don't feel that love tonight, write down, Lord, I need your unfailing love. I need to know it. I need to feel it. I want to feel that agape love. I want to be feeling that so I'm not so negative in my life. And so God's unfailing love is in Psalm 51. But if you flip over just one page, as I was doing a study, it says in Psalm 52, it also says, and I'm going to go near the end of the, of the verses. Verse 6, 52, just over the righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at him, saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. Now there's, that's the prodigal, you see, the other person. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I praise you forever for what you have done in your name. I will hope, put that hope, that faith, hope, and trust. I will hope for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Do you see what I'm teaching you and showing you? There's the, the one that has made the mistakes, the prodigal. Now, you may have made the mistakes. You may have been the one to be the uh, adulteress or the one that fell into sin. It, you may have been part of the cause of this. But look where you are now. 
because the Lord touched you because, and, and you are here and you are standing for your spouse who is not forgiven. Due to that hardness of heart, they will not forgive and forget and do what the Lord tells us to do in the New Testament. Forgive 70 times 7, 490 times a day. Get on with your life. Go on and make your marriage to be permanent of commitment for life. Not stop and say, I'm not going to trust you anymore. God, you trust God, and God will do the rest in rebuilding your marriage. And that's what we've got to understand. So it says in Isaiah 54, 10, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant peace removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you, your husband, your family. Isaiah 54:10. But God, but God. Let's go to John chapter 3. Now, I know there's some of you that may not know the Lord Jesus Christ yet. You have found us, and you're listening to us, and you, have, you have, are just seeking the Lord and trying to find if your marriage, you, your, your marriage is hanging by a thread, or you're separated, or your spouse has filed for divorce. I'm saying never give up. Never give up. Now, there's a lot of people that I'm talking, going to talk to you tonight that are the ones that have their spouses come home. And they're home, but they still don't have their marriage rebuilt solid on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Do not panic. Trust the Lord. If God brought them home, you do all your part. Let God do the rest. You show them unconditional love. So John 3.16 it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that so whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Save your spouse. Save all sinners. And it goes on, and I'm not going to go on, because it talks about the verdict in verse 17. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Now, that may be your spouse right now, but what are you going to do this new year? We're going to pray that they will come to their senses, that they will escape from the trap of the devil, and they will start to have the Holy Spirit use light of any sort, any way, any person to speak to them. And that is what I'm wanting you to do, pray for this year, that we be... Uh, burden about him to the point that we'll spend time in praying. That in 2 Corinthians 5, write these verses down, 18 to 20, that, that your, spou your spouse will be reconciled to God. That's a word that we use in the New Testament. That we're reconciled. The sin and rebellion of the human race has caused such hostility and anger and separation from God. They want nothing to do with it. But God has a way of wooing sinners back to him. And that is our prayer for this new year, is that they will woo anybody that is addicted to uh, sexual immorality, adultery, gambling, um, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. 
Whatever they have gotten themselves into that is in bondage, they're in bondage. We need to pray that they will wake up by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 John 4, 7 talks about God's love for one another. John 15, 5 to 7 says, abide with me. Lean on me. Bear good fruit. And that's what we must do while we wait. So you're going to have to read. That's your homework tonight because I can't do them all. But let's go to Ephesians 3. Now this is a prayer, and there's many new people listening in different states. And in Ephesians 3, Paul was a man of God that really wrote a lot of prayers, many prayers. And he says, it's for you and your spouse and your children and to have a sincere love for God. Now he says in verse 17, well, I mean, I'll start with 16. I pray out his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power in his, with, with, in, through his spirit in your inner being. What more can you ask for? What more can you ask for? that you would be strengthened with power through the, the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. This is where you put you and your spouse's name, through faith, and you be rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long, high and deep is the love of Christ. Can you imagine if we had a, that is the depth and the height and the width of how powerful God loves us. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. God loves us more than you can even begin to imagine. So it says, to grasp how wide you got it. It's imagined. You can't grasp it. So he said that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We want to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. God, give it to me all. I want all that you want to have me have. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Fill my cup, Lord. You remember these hymns? Because that's what we're doing. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. His power is working within us. And we have got to come to the point that we can say, you know what? I don't have to walk in fear, but I can believe about God's love and he is going to handle any and all my problems. So we are asking you, do you remember tonight, I was going to give you a quiz, but I won't do it now, but Matthew, good, that was, that was just a relief. I heard that all the way around. You didn't want me to, to quiz you. What are the two greatest commandments that the Lord has told us to do? The two greatest commandments are in Matthew 22, 34 to 39. And it says, Teacher, what, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And what is it? 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Praise the Lord. Some people are memorizing the scriptures. Hallelujah. That is awesome. I'm proud of you. Remember, hiding God's word in your heart, you can get that sent to you every week, memorizing scriptures. Do you know what you've been memorizing this last two, three weeks now? 
is 1 Corinthians 13. I wanted you to learn and memorize the love chapter. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor could be the really the neighbor that's really not too nice next door, or it could be we consider your spouse to be your neighbor. We're to love all others. We are to love everybody. All the, and it says, so how do, you, how do you measure your love? Now that we've talked about God's love and we do it, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Now, Ephesians 5 is a, where you can write that down. Read about the chapter of the verses in Ephesians 5 from um, verse 22 to verse 33. And you could go into Charlene Kears and just write Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, and you're going to learn about submission for the wives to submit. The husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And every one of them is love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Now that's Ephesians. But Colossians chapter 3 is another one that I'm going to give you homework also in. That I would challenge you with Colossians 3 as I studied it and read it today. That really, we want to live holy living. And we really want to put to death what belongs to the earthly nature. And that talks about that, about clothing ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and forgive each other. Whatever grievances we may have against one another, well, my question is, have you forgiven your spouse or your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, whoever? Who do you have an anger or unforgiveness with? And it says in Colossians 3, we're to forgive them. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then over all these virtues, put on love, verse 14, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And then it talks about wives, submit to your husbands, verse 18. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. So this chapter, read it for maybe a week, five days, seven days, and learn what holiness living is. It will challenge you. It will, it will tweak you because we have got to be more like Jesus and be more like the wife or the husband that we need to be. When we get upset because our spouses don't come at Christmas time, we need to forgive them. Get rid of it. It's over. And because they didn't come, let us now go forth in this new year and fight the fight more against the enemy. And do not give up. Do not be angry. Do not keep thinking about the past. That's the devil doing that to you. But think of the future. Think of what you're going to do different this new year. That they will see that you want to feel good about yourself, that you want to accomplish. Do you want to do more with your kids? We need to love our families. We we're, have no guarantees of how long all of us are going to live. 1 Corinthians 13 as I said, is our memorized scripture that we've been memorizing. Because it talks very strongly about, you know, the first set. You know, we can start at verse 4, and it's really pretty. You know, and it's pretty, but it's still whatever. But I want to read verse 1 and 2. 
because we have got to get to the point to understand how much faith and love we need to have. The Lord wants us to have love for our spouses. 1 Corinthians 13, if you found it, this is when we're, where we're at. And it says, and now I will show you the most excellent way about love. How many of you had 1 Corinthians 13, any portion of it, read at your wedding? Look around. Not as many as I thought. Okay, but that's great. But many people had it read. Back years ago, all the hands would have gone up. But it says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels. Now, this is the beginning part that most people don't read very often. But have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains. Oh, well, I have faith to move mountains. I talk about it all the time. I write devotionals about it. But not, but not have not love, I am nothing. This is black and white with the, the Paul wrote. But it says, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. And then here's the key. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's just get memorized verse 7. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In verse 8, love never fails. Do we believe it? We must start believing it in February 1st. This is the challenge I'm giving you. You've got to get this and put it from here, from the head down to the heart. I know what the enemy is telling you and all that's going on. But we want to say God is greater. And verse 13 says, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Well, Psalm 91, you can read verses 14 to 16. It says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. This is God saying this to you. He will call upon me, and I will answer you. Answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So how can you learn to love your spouse unconditionally this, this year? By reading God's word. And how can another way you can do it is I'm going to recommend that I got buried. And here is what you saw when you came in, one of the statutes that I have in my home of a husband and a wife and a child. That's God's plan. And Fireproof, if you, if you watch Fireproof, I'm going to ask you a question. If anybody saw Fireproof, raise your hands. Whoa, that's a good one. How many of you have done the Love Dare book? Not as many. But a few, that's good. And that is my challenge. If your spouse is home, 
living at home, two separate bedrooms, they've come home, they're talking about leaving, may I challenge you to get this Love Dare book because it takes you to do something one day at a time. You may have already seen Fireproof, you just never bought the Love Dare book, and, but this is very challenging you to show love to your spouse in many, many different ways for 40 days. And then if they don't come home or they're still home and they aren't, you will see changes, okay? Remember the love, remember Fireproof. That's the movie. This is real life. You have to apply it. You have to offer to rub their back or do something nice. Put a note in their lunchbox. We don't have lunchboxes too much anymore. But, you know, you do something different. God's going to give you the creativity if you will ask. But you need to apply it. And I challenge you this new year that you get a book and read it and put it into action because if you start applying it, your love tank with you and your spouse is maybe empty. But you know what? If you start showing them love, you're with no, no strings attached, but you start doing it with, because God, you, I want to show them I love them and I, I can't speak it, but I can do it in actions. Maybe actions speak louder than words, okay? And the five love languages. Now, I normally don't recommend books, but the five love languages by Gary Chapman has uh, been around for years. And I don't know, how many have read this book? A quarter or almost a half. I really challenge you to know uh, the five love languages. You could be loving your spouse, buying them all the gifts they want, and, they, and that's your love language, and not your spouse's. Your spouse, there's the love languages are words of affirmation. It's saying, I pray, you know, you did a good job, bravo, you know, great job. And, or the other one could be quality time. I just want you to sit here, turn off that football, and stop looking at the computer and your cell phone, and just pay attention to me. How, we probably all would have flunked that one right now. A few years ago, we might not have had so much trouble, but right now, it's a problem. Receiving gifts. Somebody, other people love gifts. That is their love language. So when you walk in and you bring them flowers that day, even if it's a $3 bunch, that you made them, you thrilled them because you thought of them and brought something. It's like bringing your kids a gift. I'm telling you, you need to apply what is their love language? What's their first one and what's their second one? And what are your two? Acts of service. Boy, that's me. You know, help me around the house, do something like that. I love people who help me. It makes me feel like a million dollars when somebody helps me. And physical touch. That was my husband. And if we say no, 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 you know what? We're stabbing them over and over and over again. So I challenge you to come to know for certain you know your love languages, you know your children's love languages, and you know your spouse's love languages. Because if you don't, you're loving them probably in your love language. And that is why 
your, their tank is empty and why we need to love them that way. So that is my goal and my challenge to you today to end it, is we got to get serious about really having them. So many of you may see or talk to your spouse, and we want to stir up and to have them know that you're striving. I, you might say to your spouse, I am doing all I can to tell the Lord, I've surrendered my life to the Lord, and you know what? I said, tell them to change me. You can over, do an overhaul on me this year. Make me to be the husband you need. Make me to be the wife that you need. Imagine if you said that to them. You know, then let the Holy Spirit do the rest. If your love tank is empty, will you ask the Lord to fill it up tonight with his amazing, unfailing, unconditional love? Because we need to know that we're, the Lord will never fail us, not once. Do you remember the songs tonight about the love? He is so faithful, and he wants to make changes in our life. And I want you to say, Lord, what do I need to do this year different? What do I need to do that will help us to work on our marriage? And there's many of you that are spouses that have come home or they haven't left, they're threatening, but they're home. And if you take these two books and apply them to your life and the word of God, imagine what God can do this year. Imagine. Nothing, nothing is too hard with God. Let's pray. And Lord, we just come to you and we're just broken people. With February coming, we're, we've had a rough year starting and uh, we're saying, Lord, help us. We watched the war room this January, and we saw that it's, it's a battle. It's a war. And we just cannot sit and wait for this to happen. We have to seek your face. We have to fight the fight with strategies and plans. And we have to grow in the Lord, and we have to read the word, and you have to speak to us and tell us what to do. But we have to also heal I ask that you will heal every one of these men and women's wounded heart and life. I pray that they will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit each and every day in many different ways that they will speak to you. Say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. I want to know that I know I'm on the right road. I want to know that I know what I'm supposed to do with the finances, with the children. Excuse me. With the, with the divorce papers staring at me. Lord, we're asking you that you will just, whatever the most urgent prayer request in this room is, for every single one separately, we're asking that you will meet their most urgent need. Father God, you are the Jehovah Jireh. You're the Jehovah Rophe, the healer of the broken heart. You will, you will heal our wounded heart. You will be our advocate in, in any way that we need defense. You are our refuge. You're our fortress. We will not be shaken. We're going to walk in faith and trust, and we are going to say, Lord, change me. Mold me. Make me. Lord, I pray you will break all the generational sins off of both sides of the family and break them and stop them in the name of Jesus. We put the cross the blood of Jesus, and say, whatever my past is past, 
I pray they will not, all the past and what my families have done will not be passed on to my generation or to um, our future generations, our children or the grandchildren from now on. Lord, we want our marriages to be different, to be church, to be Christians, to be believers, to go to church and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we're asking you to make us into the new creatures in Christ that you want us to be. And Lord, we ask that we would radiate the Lord each and every day, wherever we go, and we'll be a lighthouse for you. And that uh, somebody does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll tell us at the right time when to talk to them. But in the meantime, may we pray for their salvation and not give up, even if you have to wait years, and we'll give you the praise and the glory. Speak to us, Father God. We're hungry, we're hurting, and we just give you the praise that we're going to get through February loving more people because God loves us so much. And we love his two greatest commandments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.